This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. I'm your host, Ben Blessington. And today, Michael Lanny and I are going to be doing something a little different. This is part one of our three-part Sam Darnold series where we're going to be analyzing in-depth uh, his games this year, his throws, and and you know some of the strides that he made and some of the things that he can still improve. But we really wanted to just take this opportunity to you know just choose a, a group of games at a time and really analyze it. What did he do right in this game? What did he do wrong? Uh, just to get a better understanding of where Darnold is at uh, in his progression. Um, so we'll start with uh, his first four games of the season. But before we do that, might as well introduce my co-host uh, for the evening, Michael Nania. Michael, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to do uh, to do this because Darnold is obviously the uh, pinnacle of hope that we have with this franchise. A lot of stuff uh, to be really skeptical about, but Darnold is uh, the guy that we're all banking on to bring them out of this playoff drought and really kind of get them back into a groove, make them a competitor again. He's the guy who could you know, overcome Adam Gase, overcome anything uh, that they have to deal with. And it was a really up and down second season for him, uh, for him, but there were a lot of really positive moments. So we're going to talk about all both the positive and the negative. But uh, for me, I went through and did the grading uh, for each one of his games. And then you also have been going back and lo- looking through some of the film. So uh, it's going to be really cool to both to have two perspectives uh, going back and forth on some of these plays because you know sometimes there are plays where you know one person might think he's great one person might not but uh, it should be really fun I'm really excited to look through Darnold because he's such a polarizing but but still really exciting player yeah. with a lot of potential who I think is going to be a good quarterback for them eventually yeah and I mean you have a lot um, obviously a lot of analytics uh, behind what, what you say and whatnot and yes you're, you're right I did download game pass um, I've, I've watched I mean I've done all the the games for this episode and yeah you do notice a lot more when you can see, and Michael and I were talking about this earlier, but the coach's view, you can, you can, I mean, you can tell if he made the right decision or not. Whereas in the broadcast angle, you can't always tell, even if he completes a pass for 10 yards, you know, in the coach's film, you could see, oh damn, Robbie was open for a 45 yard touchdown. He just missed him. Um, and before we begin, uh, you can follow us at CYJ pod on Twitter. You can follow Michael at Michael underscore nanny. You can follow myself at Ben W Blessington. You can find this podcast on turn the best place to go for jets content. Uh, or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, we're on it. Just search Cool Your Jets. So, yeah, let's hop into it. Um, the game against Buffalo, week one. Uh, and unbeknownst to us at the time, Sam Darnold was dealing with mono, and it was pretty evident um, in this game on watching it back. I think uh, Michael and I want to go through and grade um, you know, uh, his O-line, his weapons, his coaching, and his opponent, and then we'll talk a little bit more about him. Uh, and then we'll we'll use a word to summarize um the game but my word for this game would definitely be timid 
Um, but we'll get into that a little bit more. Michael, before uh, we talk about Darnold, let's look at, you know, the things surrounding him, the things that would have affected his performance in this game. Starting with the offensive line, what 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 grade would you give the O-line, you know, A through F or whatnot um, for this this game against Buffalo? I would say it was a below average performance, and they were below average uh, in most games this season. By their standards, though, I think it was one of their better games of the season. Not that they Agreed. were good, because, again, they were terrible. But uh, in this game, I think the Bills kind of played them a little conservatively with their with their rushes. They didn't blitz too often uh, because Darnold wasn't threatening them much. So I think they did a not they've had they had a lot worse games this season. But uh, still, the pre- they had they gave up a 38 percent pressure rate in this game. League average is about 34%, so still a little more than ideal. So they weren't good, but I think they did uh, a better job than they have in some games. And on the ground, Le'Veon Bell, uh, the run blocking is not good, but Bell had a spectacular game uh, on the ground to give Darnold a little extra support. So a below average, I'd give them a C- minus for this game, I would give them. Uh, by their own standards, probably a B plus, but yeah. uh, a below average performance for them. Yeah, I agree. I think it's around the C range. I think the other thing you have to factor in, and, and we'll obviously talk about this, but in this game, it was evident that between Adam Gase's play calling and then Sam Darnold's own situation, this was a short, quick passing game. That was clearly their game plan, or that's at least what they ended up you know, accomplishing in this game. It seems like the ball was out of Sam's hands you know, within two seconds on half of his passes. Um, so I think that does skew the offensive line a little bit, because I think if you were watching some if he was having more, you know, deep, uh, deeper combinations of, of routes or whatever, you probably would have seen more sacks or more pressure or whatnot. But I think in this game, you're right. The offensive line didn't have too many breakdowns. They did give up a few sacks, like you said, the 38% pressure rate. Um, but at the same time, it, it it was far from their worst game of the year. And you mentioned Bell. As far as the weapons go in this game, I think Bell would get an A for his performance in this game. I think it was his best performance of the year. Outside of that, I think his weapons, you know, didn't really help him at all that much. I mean, Robbie. Uh, you know, slowed up on that deep ball. Just it was a half a second that threw it up. I mean, he was. It looked like he was two bit in the fourth quarter when when Sam had a chance to to win it with the deep ball. Sam overthrew him, but I mean, Robbie was tracking that ball for like thirty yards. And Adam Gase's point was run. I mean, he's he's throwing to a spot. So I would say, you know, based off that and the fact that Quincy didn't make much of an impact, he was hurt, uh, albeit. Uh, I would give probably the, the the weapons about a B, but that's that's Le'Veon upgrading him uh, significantly. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a good place to put it. That was definitely, uh, yeah, probably Bell's best performance of the season. It, it was really so fun to watch him just come out. And, you know, he didn't play in the preseason. Uh, and there was so much hype. We were so pumped to have him. He came right out and had that ridiculous performance. He bailed Darnold out, uh, Darnold out on the touchdown pass. That was a really low throw. He went down low and got that. And then right after that, the two-point conversion got big like a tight end in the back corner of the end zone. Uh, ridiculous catch there. And that actually was one, Dar- probably Darnold's best throw of the game. But Bell in the passing game and the run game was great. Uh, but the receivers, you're right, they didn't help him out too much. Anunwa was o- obviously hurt throughout this game. We found out that he had a neck injury, so that didn't and, help. And, yeah, and that that hit happened that injured him on like the first drive of the game. Yeah, yeah, so it was the whole game. The game. So the whole game he had a receiver with a broken neck, so that didn't help. Uh, Robbie <laughs> did not play one of his best games. Uh, and but Crowder, Crowder was pretty solid. I mean, he racked up yeah. production just because he got targeted, I think, 17 times in this game. But I mean, he did a good job with what he had to do. But yeah. overall, you had Bell play great. But you also had the two starting outside receivers not play that well. So a B is a pretty solid way to put it. Yeah, I agree. And then when you look at the coaching for this game, I think Adam Gase, it's hard to judge because, as I said, I don't know how much of of this was game plan and how much was Sam's situation. And obviously, 
I'm talking about the just the volume of short passing. I would probably give Gase, you know, around a C or a D even. I, I just don't really feel like he he opened up the playbook enough for Sam. I don't think he did enough to try to make him comfortable. It was very clear in this game that he was timid. He wasn't trusting his arm as much. And the best way that, that Gase... I mean, Gase did do a few solid things. Is He was trying to get him in a rhythm, so I think he stuck with the short passes. He was like, let's just get him comfortable, hit some screen passes, some short passes. But he didn't get him out of the pocket enough. He didn't utilize when he was going to have you know medium or deep route combinations. And he did this throughout the season. He wouldn't have a guy, just a, a quick dump out, just in case nobody was open. There, were, there was at least, I counted at least three or four times in this game where they did run, you know, a, let's say a flood concept or something with the guy going deep, a guy a deep out and somebody deep over the middle or whatever. But there was nobody to the flat or there was nobody, a running back leaking out of the backfield. It was literally either a two second pass to the backfield, you know, short left, whatever. Or if they were going to go medium deep, you know, they only did it a few times. It didn't seem like Gase was giving enough help. And so I would, I would give Gase a D or C. He didn't give enough help, you know, letting him roll out or uh, giving him somebody, a, you know, a quick option out of the backfield. Yeah, and it's really tough with this game because we don't know. Uh, we do know now that Darnold was dealing with mono during that game. And clearly the way he played, he was affected by it just because of uh, his confidence and his willingness to go downfield, but it's tough to know how much they built the game plan around that. Did they go ultra conservative because they knew he'd be dealing with that or was Darnold just holding everything back? So it's really hard to know from that point of view, but you're right. There were some things Gase did not do too well in this game. And ultimately they score six points on offense in this game. Uh, And a lot of that was pretty much all that is mostly because bell just went off uh, and gave, he scored the touchdown on a play that was a poor pass from Darnold. Then made great catch in the two-point conversion, and really throughout the whole game, that was their whole offense, Le'Veon Bell making crazy plays. Crowder did have, uh, I think, six first-down catches in this game, which is great. But, uh, yeah, def- there were some, and also looking at some of these sacks, you're right, there really were not a whole lot of outlets for him uh, in this game. They went with uh, a lot of those deeper concepts, even though, you know, Darnold couldn't execute them. So we don't really know uh, how much they built around his illness in this game, If they, how much of a detriment well, they knew it would I mean, be, I don't- but... I don't yeah. think they knew at that time because he right. said he didn't really start to feel sick until the night before. Yeah. I will say he was sniffling during an interview during the week. So, but I don't, I, I, you know, I think that was part game plan because they, they wanted to attack Buffalo's weakness, which they felt was, you know, short passing attack. Um, and I also think it was, it was, as I said, I, the word I would use to describe Donald's performance in this game was timid. You know, generally I, when you, you know, Sam Donald was one of those guys and we've talked about this a number of times on the times of the podcast. If he has two options on a play, a guy is going to be, you know, open for a 25-yard out route or whatever, and another guy's going to be open for, you know, a 5-yard or 10-yard or whatever, he's going to try that 25-yard, even if right, he has to make exactly. an impressive throw, um, just given that he knows, well, that 5-yard is probably only going to get, you know, 7 or 8 yards. It's 25-yarder. I trust my arm enough. I think I can fit it in there, and then I've got 25, 20, you know, 30 yards right there. Um, in this game, he did not trust his arm, and that was clearly – yeah, as you said, you know, an effect from the mono. Maybe it was, you know, first game jitters, new system, whatever. But he just did not trust his arm at all. I mean, it was if it was close, he's going, you know, dump off. And that was a, lo- a large part of the reason they lost this game. But before we uh, jump into that, last thing, opponent grade. You know, I think after seeing Buffalo on the whole season, how good that defense was, I think you have to give this opponent grade, you know, uh, an A. I think they, Buffalo did a good job of this game and and getting after Sam uh, and forcing the, just these quick passes. And it and they, they did enough in the fourth quarter. You know, I think three, you know, the first three quarters, they obviously gave up that long touchdown drive and whatnot. And they, they did give up some passes, um, you know, in that first half there. But that fourth quarter, they came back. 
they took advantage of, of Sam clearly being tired or whatnot, just not having the arm strength, and and they capitalized. And so I would give them, a, I would probably give them an A or an A minus. Yeah, I agree. And and like you said, as the season went on, we saw how good this Bills defense is. I think they finished. Uh, they were top five in DVOA. Forget the exact ranking, but they are really good. Uh, and they created a lot of pressure with just a four-man rush in this game, uh, which is obviously a great way uh, to be a great defense in this league if you can create pressure without blitzing. And looking at this play right here, I think this is the yeah, it's the third quarter. So the Bills create pressure. Ed Oliver with a stun against Brian Winters just tosses him aside. Uh, and then this is really kind of indicative of the game it was. Even though Oliver wins here and creates this pressure, Darnold gets it out and just way over fires to Robbie Anderson here on a drag route. He had about three yards of separation, but Darnold misses him ahead by about two or three yards. So uh, under pressure, too, Darnold struggled in this game. But for the Bills, yeah, they did play really well. The coverage was good, and they were able to create a good amount of pressure without having to blitz too much. So that just made things even tougher for a quarterback who already was not confident in his arm. So I'd give them an A. They played really well on defense. Agreed. All right, so let's get into specifically Sam. And yeah, we talked about it. he was timid. He played scared. Um, I think the other thing, and, and I, we alluded to it, but yeah, not only did the mono affect him in, in that regard, but he was just tired towards the end of the game. And you could tell. I mean, he's just, to throw that ball, you know, 20 yards, it was taking him a lot of effort, a lot of, he was just me- physically drained. He said his body shut down after the game, and it clearly showed uh, you know, I'm looking at that last drive, you know, with with about a minute and a half left. They're trying to drive down the field and just some of the throws are just not there. Not what we normally see from Sam, even though Sam isn't necessarily the best deep ball thrower at this point in his career. I mean, some of those balls are you could just tell it's like he, this guy's tired. This guy's dead. Um, and at the time, it was a bit concerning because it was like what happened to him. You know, this is a kid who won the Rose Bowl, you know, had a game winning touchdown in the Rose Bowl. Uh, he's not supposed to be, you know flinch at anything especially deep in the game and it turns out it wasn't necessarily that it was that his body was was just completely shutting down michael what would you say about you know just to overall performance before we hop into specifically just your your thoughts on how the mono affected him and just the situation he was he was dealing with yeah and and when we were watching it for the first time just after this game was over it was it was shocking because he had that incredible offseason all we heard was a you know the rapport he had with gase and some of these receivers uh, and just the leap that he seemed to have taken uh, since his rookie season, really bouncing off of and building off of that four-game stretch in 2018. So for him to come out and just look like a different player uh, was really it was really jarring to see. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise that uh, we when the mono news came out, just to know that it wasn't you know he wasn't 100 percent during that game. Uh, so just to know that and know that he wasn't you know actually struggling that much. I uh, was a kind of, you know, refreshing to hear. Obviously, it wasn't good that he had the mono, but uh, he clearly was not too confident in his arm in the, in this game. And, you know, it showed when he did try to throw deep uh, with some of the throws he was making. So uh, and you're right that late in the game, too, he had that drive uh, where they really did have to push the ball downfield. And you can see why he wasn't uh, because he was so off in those throws. So it clearly affected him a lot. Yeah. All right. So let's go through and grade three things for Sam before we move on to the next game. Uh, I think we go feet, arm uh, and head. Let's talk about his footwork in this game and his pocket movement, his scrambling and whatnot. And, yeah, I think it was below average uh, in this game. His footwork wasn't necessarily as as um, as you know refined as it, as it has been in some of the other game. Obviously, Darnold isn't one of those guys who's just going to have, you know, picture perfect you know, one step after the other. He's kind of a guy who plays with a feel. But in this game, it wasn't necessarily that he was playing with a feel. It just looked like he was 
really trying to avoid contact. So he was kind of doing whatever he could to avoid contact. He had a number of throws off his back foot, rolling away, not really stepping into the bucket when he's throwing. And that might explain why he was going short so much. He just didn't want to get hit. Um, but yeah, and it, as you as you mentioned, you know, regardless of Robbie slowing up or whatever on that on that deep ball, I'm watching it now. Uh, Sam's footwork on this play was not good. I mean, it, it just looks sloppy. He rolls out and then he just throws it like he's you know playing football at the pool or something. I mean, his feet aren't even set. He just throws his whole body behind it and overshoots him. Now, as Adam Gates pointed out, Robbie could have made this play. He tracked it the wrong way, and then he 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 spent his whole time, you know, looking up. He wasn't necessarily head down running. Um, but I would say, you know, if we're gonna grade Sam's footwork in this game, obviously we know why, and he has a reason for this. But I would say, you know, it's a, it's a C minus or a D plus in this game. It just didn't really feel like he he was there, um, it, you know. And obviously we know why. Yeah, somewhere around a D, that range would be good. He definitely there were some throws. This one I'm looking at. Late in the game, trying to hit a Nunois down the field on a third and 10. And obviously, a Nunois wasn't 100% in this game or even close to it, as we found out after the game. But, you know, just some of these throws, he wasn't even, uh, he's kind of just throwing off of a flat base, not putting much of anything into it. So uh, the footwork was definitely off in this game. Definitely seems like a result of, like you said, just kind of avoiding contact and not being willing uh, to take hits while he's throwing. And just as a result of that, kind of airmailing some of these throws off of flat feet. So definitely that was an issue. Yeah, if we're going to look at the arm, I would say, yeah, his accuracy wasn't there. You noted that Le'Veon Bell touchdown, and you're right. I mean, that was a low pass, and we didn't really acknowledge it at the time. But I was like, that should not have been caught. Le'Veon had to literally pick that up from his feet. And even the two-point conversion, it kind of just felt like Sam just threw it up there. It ended up being a you know a money throw. But yeah, he just he didn't have his usual wow throws in this game I, I feel like that was the biggest thing that was lacking a lot of times he would make I mean he obviously had that two-point conversion and that's what got you know the retweets or whatever but generally there's a few plays you can pick out where it's like look at you know he makes something out of nothing he did do that the play was called back when he had the little shovel past Ryan Griffin but more he just you know look at this incredible arm talent look at him rolling left and throwing and putting this you know right between the numbers he didn't really have that a lot of it was just turn quick th- you know fire, you know, six yard pass to, to Jamison Crowder. He didn't really show off the arm talent that we know he has. So as far as his arm, um, you know, goes, I guess I would say, yeah, around a, a C minus or a D plus. Again, he wasn't necessarily bad, didn't make many, too many horrible passes, but he, he's scared. I mean, he played, he played safe and, and you can't really give somebody a higher grade if, when, especially when we know the arm talent that Sam has, you can't give him anything above a C at that point. He just wasn't playing to the level that we know he can. So I would go C minus. Yeah, I think a D is good here too. And I think that's a good point you brought up that the wow plays weren't there in this game. He wasn't really escaping the pocket and making those aggressive decisions. And it's just a product of, you know, him not playing as aggressive as we're used to seeing him play, just not taking those shots that, you know, we know he can make, we know he can fit some of those tight window throws, but wasn't really looking to try those as much in this game. And that bell touchdown pass, looking at that again, that was a great catch by bell. I mean, that is right above the ground, uh, just inches from the top of his shoes. Just really, that was an impressive catch. And, uh, you know, like you said, at the time, we were just happy they scored a touchdown, but that was a great play. He really bailed out Darnold there. Uh, but yeah, definitely the accuracy was off. And really in terms of just grading his arm overall, uh, his arm is really his best. And obviously he's a quarterback, but really just the arm talent that he shows sometimes just scrambling outside the pocket when, you know, he can't rely on setting his feet, just flicking the ball and having that touch and the location and the ball placement that we see from him that wasn't there in this game. And that's usually, uh, 
That's what makes him so special, the ability uh, to just place the ball wherever it needs to be placed, no matter where he is on the field, whether he has his feet, uh, whether he has his feet set or not, uh, no matter what platform he's throwing off of. That did not happen in this game. Yeah. And as far as his head goes, um, one of the positives from this game, I will say, is Sam didn't have a single turnover. Uh, he was close a few times you know, when they were started throwing it down, down the field. But uh, he played smart. You know, uh, we've said safe and timid or whatever, but he didn't make any boneheaded throws really unless you count, you know, late in the game when he's, you know, they're trying to throw 40 yards down the field to get in a field goal range or whatever. Um, but no, as far as this game goes, uh, you know, I would say his head. Um, yeah, I guess I, I mean, I, I would probably go C for this. Uh, yeah, I think I, I'd go C minus for the feet, D plus for the arm. Uh, and see for the the head and heart, heart and poise and whatever you showed. He, I mean, look, he, you have to give him some props because this this guy clearly played through whatever was going on in the system. I mean, obviously we know he has mono, but we don't know the the extent of how sick he was during this game. He fought through it. He didn't have a, a, a turnover, um, but yeah, he he was very timid, played very safe, uh, and almost it sometimes it looked like he just decided where he was going to go with the ball before you know, the play even happened. And that led to just some, you know, three yard passes that if he hadn't done that, he might've been able to have, you know, 10, 15 yard passes or whatever. So it wasn't necessarily that he made bad decisions. It was more that he didn't capitalize on some decisions. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot better than him throwing pick sixes, but you know, a five yard pass doesn't mean much when he could have had, you know, a 25 yard uh, first down that would have put him in field goal range. Michael, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's hard to knock him to his decision-making in this game too much it was just a really conservative game there weren't really like you said he didn't make any big mistakes and if they make a couple kicks they probably win this game and that uh, in a game like this that's low scoring it's important that you don't make those mistakes and he didn't do that even though he was close a few times and those were mostly later in the game as you said but uh, I think he did the best he could knowing what his limitations were uh, in terms of his decision making but uh, you know without taking any of that into context it would be a bad game because of how uh, conservative, he did play, taking all those short throws, but uh, I think he did a decent job uh, kind of managing what he was dealing with, so a C is good here. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and he finished 28-41, 175 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. Not the worst stat line in the world, but certainly it could have been better, and, and I agree. I think the mono affected him. If, if this is a healthy Sam Darnold, I think you're seeing a lot more shots down the field. I think in that, in turn, you know, allows Gase to not just call these, you know, short little wide receiver screen, throw to Bell, quick slant, whatever. I think now that he, if he could have saw that Darnold was getting more comfortable, Darnold would have started taking more chances. He would have started calling, you know, deeper plays and whatnot. I think it, just, it would have been a completely different game if you have a healthy Darnold in this game. And, and anybody who, who watches, goes back and watches the film, it's just evident. This guy is not healthy. This guy is not 100%. You could say what you want, that the Jets lost this game and that Josh Allen beat Sam, whatever, but... You go back, this is not a healthy Sam Darnold. This is not Sam Darnold. This was, you know, Alex Smith, game manager level, just kind of, you know, playing not to lose and, and instead of, of playing to win. Uh, yeah, overall, uh, you know, my word to describe his game was timid. Um, and I would say as an overall grade for Darnold in this game, yeah, I think I think it's around a C. Um, you know, didn't do anything particularly horrible, just didn't do anything really that great. Just a, a very average, mediocre performance um, from Sam. Could have been a lot better, though, if he was healthy or had some help. Michael, your uh, word to describe the game and then your overall grade. Yeah, I'm going to copy yours. Timid is really good. He did not want 
to take any shots in this game. And my overall overall grade in my grading system uh, from zero to 100 scale, I graded every single play from zero to 10 and then uh, scaled that from zero to 150 being average. I gave him a 28. This was his second worst game uh, or third worst game of the season for me. He definitely was really, really inconsistent in this game, almost as much so as the New England game, which we'll talk about later. But obviously he didn't make the catastrophic mistakes in this game that he did in that one. So that brings him further up from that game. But uh, there just was not a whole lot of big plays in this game uh, to speak up for him to really bring him up from that inconsistency, because sometimes you can be inconsistent and make a lot of big plays. Uh, and that makes up for, you know, not being uh, too consistent overall. But if you make a couple, you know, like we saw in the Denver game in his rookie season, he just made really only made those two throws to Robbie Anderson. But those were such good throws that that's all they really needed uh, right. for that to be a good performance from him. And he did not get those. Uh, in this game, he was inaccurate deep down the field when they needed him to just hit one or two throws late in that game. He couldn't buy that one throw uh, against Buffalo. So I gave him a 28 out of 100 for this one, his third worst uh, of 2019. Yeah, and before we move on, I think one more thing I wanted to add about when we talk about his head. And, and I, I think another word you could use to describe it was just be indecisive. Because, yes, he was decisive in the sense that I mean, he decided he's going to go to Jamison, um, you know, before the plays even snap. He knows he's going to throw it to Ra- to uh, Le'Veon or Ra- whatever. That's decisive in a, in a sense. But you look at a lot of the sacks in this game. They weren't like some of the sacks that we'll see later on in this, you know, in this season. But obviously in this episode when we get to the New England game or whatever, they weren't necessarily breakdowns. A lot of it was him being indecisive. And look, guys weren't necessarily getting open. The Bills played good defense. The offensive line didn't hold up for as long as they could have. But you look back at those sacks. He just couldn't. His mind was just not there working as yeah, fast. There, there's this one sack one that actually really fits in with what you're saying. It's a second and one play. Uh, and then the sack comes right up the middle. It's Jordan Poyer. He's blitzing. But Darnold looks to the left. Ryan Griffin's going into the flat. It's just one yard. He's got uh, three yards of separation here. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't throw this ball. All he's got to do is put it out there and it would be a first down. But instead, he takes a sack. Yeah, clearly he he was affected, not just physically, but also mentally. Um, so obviously the news breaks that Sam has mono. Um, pretty brutal way to start the season for the Jets, blowing a 16-point lead to Buffalo and then learning that they're going to be without their starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Uh, the Jets get blown out by the Browns, get blown out by the Pats, get blown out by the Eagles um, in a game that you know Adam Gase thought Sam was going to return. Uh, and then they play the Cowboys, and 0-4 – Cowboys at this time were looked at as a playoff team, a very good, respectable team in this league, in a, in a game that the Jets should definitely not win. Um, and I would go as far to say, and I think you'd probably agree, this is Donald's best performance, um, Barn. I mean, he just, he looked like everything we would want him to be in this game. Uh, and you have to, I mean, his first game back from Mono, too, it makes it all the more impressive. But really from the get-go, that first pass to Demarius Thomas went for 17 yards. You just knew it was different. You knew it was different than the Buffalo game, and you knew it was different than all the Luke Falk games. Um, so this Dallas game was, was quite impressive for me. Yeah, I gave him a 79. And really, even before going back and grading this, I think uh, there was a very legitimate argument. And I definitely thought this was his best game of the season. So I gave him a 79. That was the best grade I gave him in a game this season. Second best of his career behind the Houston game uh, from his rookie season. So he is really good in this game. And like you said, he just came right back in. And that's really the overall theme this game, how he just sparked the entire team upon coming back. But you could just see from the first drive, uh, even though they punted on that first drive, uh, he just came right in and 
made that decisive throw to Thomas, which is just something we were not seeing uh, with Luke Falk or, you know, the one drive with a couple, you know, a couple quarters with Trevor Simeon. Uh, what we didn't see with Darnold outside, he was just uh, clearly, this is the Darnold we thought we were going to see uh, in right. week one, first couple weeks of the season, just operating in that offense, making uh, quick decisions, smart decisions, throwing accurately uh, on quick releases. And then, you know, when stuff broke down, getting outside the pocket, making plays, uh, that throw he made to Jameson Crowder. And it wasn't a perfect throw, but it was a wheel route to the left side uh, out of the slot. It was a perfect throw. And that's when I was like, all right, he's back. And so he did have a great game against the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we talked about how timid he was in that first game. He was just a lot more confident. Also, you know, in that Buffalo game, I would say, I don't have the exact numbers on this, so maybe you do, but like, it's got to be like 75% of his passes were just like short and to the left. He had a very, obviously, Sam is, is better at throwing to the left than the right. The Jets know this and the numbers back it up. That's something that obviously he's going to work on this offseason is throwing to the right, but he's a lot better throwing to the left. And in that game, he was just going short left. But in this Dallas game, he threw it all over the field. I mean, he was throwing short right, deep middle, deep left, wherever. I mean, he he moved the ball around. He was confident. Um, and I, I think there's no, um, you know, the, his there, it's no coincidence that his best game came in the game where he had his best footwork. His footwork in this game was A1. His decisiveness and his footwork in this game were terrific. Um, his feet were set pretty much every throw. The way he moved and manipulated that pocket is a lot of what we saw in college from him. And he was just moving linebackers with his with his whole body and his eyes. Just a really impressive performance. But when you look at that footwork, which is something that he's obviously going to have to look at and work on a ton this offseason, this is the game that gives you hope. This is what we what we want to see from a franchise quarterback. Take all the tools that Darnold has and mold it into an NFL quarterback. This is the game you watch. That's why my word to describe this game would be franchise. This is a franchise quarterback. When you watch this, this is like, oh, that's a Deshaun Watson. That's a Pat Mahomes. That's a guy who could win multiple Super Bowls. And, you know, maybe I'm hyping it up. But if you're just judging this game, Sam Darnold was on the money this game. And, and it couldn't have come at a better time for the Jets. Um, uh, let's go ahead and, and give it, you know, some situational background. You know, O-line grade for this game, I'd give him probably a B plus. I mean, actually, for, I mean, if we're going for them, an A. I mean, they did a good job holding Dallas. Um, at bay um, from a, you know overall offensive line perspective they didn't really open up many running holes for Le'Veon or whatever so and you know Sam did get pressured a few times um, so I would probably give this, this uh, you know an A minus for this offensive line actually yeah this was one of the better games for the O-line 29% pressure rate so that's really good uh, actually this would wound up being the second best of the season in games Darnold played uh, behind the Oakland game later on. So they were pretty good in pass protection. And look, the run blocking was bad pretty much every single game. Uh, I mean, there really was not an exception with the run blocking. So they were bad there every single game. But in pass protection this game, they did a pretty good job. And this was Chuma Idoga actually played a pretty decent game this one. This was that stretch where it kind of seemed like he might be a rookie steal. And, you know, he did end up uh, really struggling later on in the season. But uh, this was a game where, you know, Idoga kind of showed you that he does have the tools to be a potential starter down the line. Obviously, it didn't happen this year, but this was a game where he showed some potential. So the O-line was solid in this game. Yeah, when you look at the, the weapons as well, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you give them a B-plus. I don't really know how much they did, you know, or as how much Darnold did, but they got open. Um, Robbie obviously had that 92-yard touchdown. This is probably the first game where Ryan Griffin started to emerge. Um, Demarius Thomas made his presence felt, and Le'Veon did exactly what they asked him to so but it wasn't like you know the weapons were the reason they won this game this was all sam darnold 
um, when you're watching the offense. So I would give them about a B plus. Yeah, that's a good uh, good grade to give them because they weren't. It wasn't an average performance because they were getting open. They made all the catches, so it was definitely better than average. But they w- weren't really bailing Darnold out that much. He was putting the ball where it needed to be. He was making the right decision uh, very consistently in this game. So uh, they, it's not like they didn't help him out, but they did their job. That's what they did. Yeah. Uh, and Darnold was uh, leading the offense really consistently, doing everything that needed to be done. So B-plus is really good. Robbie Anderson made uh, the 92-yard touchdown. That was a great route, obviously. Finished it off with the catch. It wasn't a tough catch, but, you know, it's a catch you got to make. Uh, Thomas made some plays in this game. Crowder had a couple. Uh, that one catch down the field, which I mentioned, the wheel route, that was a good catch. That was pretty tightly contested, uh, but not too many contested throws. So they did a good job in this game. A B-plus is good. Yeah, and and the other thing w- which I struggle with giving the receivers too high of a grade is it wasn't like Darnold was throwing to completely open receivers. The most impressive part of this game outside of the footwork um, would be the anticipation he throwed, uh, he you, he threw with throughout the entire game. Uh, yeah, I mean all those deep passes, especially the one to Robbie and uh, some of the passes to Demarius Thomas. W- at the point of when he's letting go of the ball, his receiver isn't open. He throws it and it's just timed perfectly for his receiver to be open, whether it was Thomas or, or Crowder or whatnot. Um, so I would say that's why I would say it, this was more on Darnold than it was on the, the weapons. Cause it wasn't like, you know, the, the receivers were getting behind the secondary every play. Darnold was just making the right read and throwing with the right anticipation. Um, and yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that, that his footwork was, was a one in this game. And that led uh, to some of those other positives uh, that we saw. And as far as an opponent grade uh, would go, uh, or excuse, I, I guess I missed the coaching. As far as a coaching grade would go um, for for the Jets, I think it's hard not to give Adam Gase, uh, you know, anything. I know Adam Gase has soured uh, a lot of Jets fans, but I, I think you give him a B on in this game. And the only reason I, I don't give him an A or something higher is in the second half, the Jets' offense definitely slowed down. I mean, all the highlights for the most part came in that first half. Donald did just enough to win the game. He did have some impressive throws, but it wasn't. They didn't have the same rhythm, and it was something they obviously struggled with throughout the entire season. That the Jets could score on their opening drive and do nothing for the rest of the game. That wasn't necessarily what happened here. They had a great first half. And they never really got the same type of rhythm they had going in the second half. But Darnold did, you know, extend drives and make some great plays. Um, but as far as coaching goes, I'd, I'd probably go B or B plus. Yeah, B is good because, you know, like you said, they did stall in the second half. I think they scored uh, uh, just the one field goal in the second half, I think. But uh, they did stall in the second half. But they came out really quickly and took control of the game. And I think uh, you saw you saw Darnold look really comfortable in this game. And that's a credit to the coaching. Yeah, and as far as the opponent goes, um, obviously Dallas didn't have the season they, they necessarily wanted. But given the timing of it and – you know, who we thought Dallas was when they were playing them. I, I give the opponent grade, a, you know, a B plus. They came back in the second half. They made it the game. You know, obviously we're, we're judging the whole situation. Um, so we're not just looking at the defense. You know, when I'm giving that opponent grade, what was the offense doing? You know, was was Sam having to come back out there and compete with the quarterback? And not as much in the first half, but in the second half when, you know, Dak and company made it more of a game. Um, so, I, you know, I would give the opponent a B plus, I think. Yeah, the Cowboys at that time, and I mean, they did still end up being a pretty good team, even though they were uh, eight and eight. They blew out most of their most of their wins were blowouts. Most of their losses were pretty close uh, to good teams, so they were a pretty solid team this year. So it was definitely some good competition. Uh, probably the one of the better teams that they beat uh, this season, maybe the best team they beat. Obviously, the Steelers uh, were another one that they you know could be in that conversation, but the Cowboys might be their 
uh, best quality win this season, unless I'm forgetting something. But well, I would I would say it's, it's their best win just because it's not only opponent but it's also their performance against Pittsburgh. You know, the offense wasn't necessarily firing on right. cylinders. This game, Darnold, you know, was there. So I, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is the, the best game for them. Yeah, and, and the Cowboys in this game, they they played really well in the second half offensively. I'd uh, come back in it, but they did have 11 penalties. They uh, made some bad yeah, plays true. defensively in the first half. They were uh, really just in the secondary making some mistakes. And again, it's not like the, they were all these throws were wide open because Darnold was making some really good throws. But the Jets offense def- definitely had the defense, uh, Cowboys defense's number in that first half. So I, I think in terms of how good the Cowboys are, they're a B-plus opponent, I think. Uh, but the way they played in this game is probably more like a C or C-minus. Agreed. Um, you know, Sam finished 23 of 32, 338 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, speaking of interception, Michael, what I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously the next game that we're going to talk about, the, the interceptions kind of exploded over the next few weeks. Um, but Darnold had been playing a pretty clean game throughout it. You think that's just one of those interceptions that you're going to get with a guy like Darnold? He's a guy who's going to take chances. They were in the red zone. Well, just what are your thoughts on, on that interception that Darnold had late in the game? Yeah, this one, I'm looking at it right now. It just looks like one of those kind of miscommunication interceptions. One of those where, I mean, I mean, no interception is good. And most of them, you can blame the quarterback a little bit unless it's a ridiculous drop. Like Darnold did have a few of those his rookie season. But it looks like he's, Jameson Crowder's in the slot on the right side. And it looks like Darnold's expecting a much quicker break inside than what Crowder, you know, gave. And so Darnold throws it before Crowder breaks and it goes right uh, to the defender who's waiting for it. So it seems like a miscommunication. So we have no idea, you know, whether, you know, Darnold messed that up or if Crowder messed it up. So it's hard to know who to blame, but it just seems like one of those miscommunication interce- uh, interceptions. So not one that's really uh, too much to look into in terms of, you know, his aggressiveness or his accuracy. Uh, it's just one of those plays that happens sometimes. Is it one of those things where you look at, um, you see the Buffalo game where he was very timid and he, he didn't take as many chances. This is a situation where the Jets are up 9-21 to 21, um, and they're on the 10-yard line. Of, yeah, what, what are they? yeah, they're at the Dallas 11. It's third and five. You think this is one of those situations where Sam should know, you know what, I know you, you know, six out of ten times you might make that throw, but maybe, you know, tuck it, run it, throw it away, take the sack, whatever, get the points, go up 15, uh, and then, you know, you're, you're in a more comfortable lead. Or do you agree that, you know, Sam is going to take these chances and he's going to live and die by it? Yeah, and also another part of this interception is that Ryan Griffin on the left side, he was wide open. He just comes off the line, or he's flexed out. He's standing up, but uh, the Cowboys are in zone across the board. No one covers him. He just sits down right at the marker. So it really turns out to be the wrong decision because Griffin was more open. But uh, really, it's what you said. That's just who Darnold is. He's going. He's never going to be uh, really like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes throwing five interceptions in a season, but uh, he can be a guy who still keeps it at a reasonable level for the amount of plays that he makes. I, ideally, he's not, you know, Jameis Winston or throwing uh, ranking top five in picks every single year. And I don't think he will be once they do clean up the O-line. But he, he I think he's always going to settle in around league average in terms of interceptions. But as long as he's, you know, making plays at a really high level compared to that, you know, then it's something you live with. Not everyone can be. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes making a ridiculous amount of plays, but also throwing extremely few interceptions. Yeah, I think when you look at a, a comp when it comes to interceptions, I think you're looking at a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. I think, you know, Ben is a guy who I'm, I'm looking at his numbers right now, you know, 14, 8, 
14, 9, 16, 13, 14. I mean, he, he throws interceptions. He's, you're right. He's not one of those guys who has – Darnold's never going to be one of those guys who has four interceptions in a season where he plays all 16 games. He's a guy that's probably going to have around 11 to 13 or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the touchdowns for Roethlisberger, you know, 34, 28, 29, 32. You know, that's, I think, what you're you're looking for is you don't want to limit the creativity of Darnold too much because you get what you saw in week one. You get a guy who's playing scared. But you don't want him to go, you know, play completely off that innate feel like we saw against New England. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. Um, I th- yeah, I think it's a balance. But, I, I, yeah, I agree that I think he, he's always going to be one of those guys who has, you know, between 10 and 15 interceptions um, a season. Um, as far as his feet, let's let's grade the, the, the three uh, uh, parts of his game. His footwork and in, in his pocket movement, whatever, A. A plus in this game. I mean, absolutely terrific. This one throw he has to Crowder in the second half. Uh, I don't know if you, you can find the same play that I'm watching right now. but I think it, I was just looking at it. Is it the curl route to the left side that you're looking at? Yes. There's Yeah, yes. where he kind of hops and then he jumps back. And, yeah, I mean, he just – the footwork in this game for Sam was was excellent. And as I keep saying, I mean, there, it's not – there's it's not a coincidence that his best footwork came with his best – yeah, here it is. You see, it's actually a cross route. It's, it's a 6.57 to go in the, uh, the third, I think, maybe the fourth. Uh, okay, um, yeah, I see which one you're talking second about. Second and ten. Yeah, but I mean, you just especially from the behind the center angle, you can just see how he completely manipulates. And this is one of the things that he does best is, you know, let's say an edge. I think this is Demarcus Lawrence. I might be wrong. Um, but whether it's a stun or somebody coming outside, he's just the way he's able to basically stop and start, jump left, jump le- right, and just shake not only the defensive line, but he's shaking the rest of the defense. Linebackers move with him. Safeties and corners move with it. But he's just very good at manipulation um, and and pocket manipulation. If that's a skill that he can keep working on, it'll open up a lot of throws um, like, like this one to Crowder here. He takes a shot, but he delivers an absolute dime on second and 10, and they get – you know, 25 yards and, and the drive keeps going and in a crucial spot. So his footwork in this game is an A for me and, and really excited uh, to, to hopefully see more performances like this um, from, from Sam. It's a lower body. Yeah, the feet were definitely great in this game and the touchdown to Robbie Anderson. Uh, Chuma Idoga, I don't know if you can call it pressure or if he's just, you know, uh, pushing him up the field or not. But either way, Darnold does have to step up on that play and, you know, he's got to launch it. You know, the defense is right in his grill when he's throwing it. There's some pressure up the middle on the interior, but he does a great job stepping up, you know, keeping two hands on the ball, but still uh, having having the poise and the confidence to step up and fire that throw, and he puts it in the perfect spot. That's one of the best throws uh, he's made in his career, that touchdown to Anderson. But this one you mentioned against Crowder. This one is really impressive, and Crowder's wide open on this throw, but really the action is, you know, like you said, all with his feet. You know, the Cowboys win on this stunt, to the inside. It looks like he wants to scramble, but then Darnold just reacts so quickly, pulls himself back inside and then just sets himself. And again, off balance, it's not, you know, a traditional throwing base, but it's just that it's just being able to take that one second, that one tick of time to set yourself and make these throws under pressure. Just accept the hit, accept that you're going to take a shot, take that one little tiny millisecond that you need uh, to get the power and poise that you need to deliver the ball. So his feet were excellent in this game. Yeah. And Crowder found the hole in the zone and he was open on this play, but that ball was just hit him right between the numbers. It was just so perfect. And then I don't think it would have mattered if there was a corner there. And we saw it a few times throughout the season where Darnold made some play that was just insane. Um, and you know, fit it in between three guys or whatever. But this is one of those throws where, yeah, he has that ability to make these types of throws on a fairly consistent basis without his feet, you know, 
textbook, uh, you know, in, in the textbook way you'd want them from your your, your starting quarterback. Um, now it gets into trouble, as we'll talk about in this next game, but let's not jump too far ahead. Two more things here. Yeah, his arm in this game, you talk about the touchdown to, to Robbie. We haven't even really, you know, obviously that's that's the main memory that I have from this game is the best touchdown um, from the Jets this season, probably in the last few seasons, a really exciting play. And yeah, it was perfect. I mean, you couldn't have drawn it any better. Just the way that, yeah, I, I believe it's Demarcus Lawrence gets by Chuma Adoga on that play and the way he's able to just jump inside. His feet aren't set and he just, you know, perfect throw um, just over the safety right to Robbie. I mean, that's the type of throw that we were wanting week one. Um, and, you know, but the chemistry clearly found itself uh, in that, in that throw. And so, yeah, arm, I think you have to give an a, I mean, it wasn't just that throw. He had plenty of impressive arm talent throws. Those, those jaw dropping throws that we were hungry for in week one, we got him here uh, in, in his second game of the season. Yeah, definitely. The accuracy was, uh, and that's really, there were a lot of things he did great in this game, but it was, you could not really criticize his accuracy at all on any of these throws. And and to go back to that play we were just talking about with Crowder, even when a guy is wide open, you could still critique their accuracy because you need, even if a guy's wide open, you need to put the ball in a good spot to where they can take it and go upfield as quickly as possible to maximize those yards after the catch. So, you know, even if a guy's so wide open, that accuracy doesn't really determine whether or not they'll actually catch the ball. It can make a big difference in how many yards they get after the catch and Donald in this game, like that throw to Crowder. And there were plenty, even just the easy throws in this game. He made, you know, so perfectly to give everyone a chance to get as many yards after the catch as possible. So his arm is great. I agree with an A. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, you know, as far as his head, his poise, his decision-making, yeah, I would go a minus. And the only reason it's an A minus is just from the one interception in the red zone. The Jets could have lost this game, and I think we'd be looking at that interception a lot differently. So I'm trying not to let the win or loss frame it because, again, if the Jets win that game against Buffalo, a lot of those C's might be B's because the Jets ultimately won that game and were up 16-0. But instead, they lost, and that affects your ranking. So I'll give it an A-. minus. That interception was could have been bigger than it ended up being. But, yeah, overall, I mean, just terrific all around. I mean, again, outside of that one play, great decision-making, great poise coming back. He was still probably feeling the effects of mono, definitely wasn't back to his his you know his weight and as in shape as he was in the summer. And he came out, displayed that terrific poison. And, you know, if we're going to critique the head even further, you, week one we saw an offense that was so predetermined, so, you know, short left, short right, crowded, you know, dump it off the bell, whatever. This was a much more diversified playbook. It's literally almost as Adam Gase, you know, turned the page. Uh, and now, you know, Sam has twice as many plays to choose from. He was thrown all over the field. He was taking those chances that he normally takes but didn't take in week one. Uh, it was just a complete step up and exactly what you wanted to see from him to rebound from that Buffalo game. You know, albeit it was an entire month later, but this was the exact type of performance that you'd want from a guy who had um, a performance like he did against Buffalo. Yeah, and his anticipation was really good in this game, too. There's this one play. It's third and four. Jets are at their own 23-yard line. Crowder's slot left. Uh, he's being covered man-to-man, and Crowder runs a comeback to the left side, and Darnold, the pressure does come pretty quickly here, and and that's the thing. that Even though the Jets protected well in this game, when Darnold was pressured, he, he was making a lot of great plays under pressure. He was mitigating it every single time. But on this play, Dar- when Darnold winds up to throw this ball to Crowder, he hasn't even planted his foot to come back towards the sideline yet. Uh, and the ball is in the perfect spot for Crowder to make the catch and also turn up field uh, to not only get the first down uh, and pick up some more yards after that. So just some of these throws he made. Uh, and, and that's really when he's been at his best. And when any quarterback is at their best, 
is that making these throws before guys even break open. That's what you need to do to be able to throw into tight windows. And he was doing that in this game. Yeah. So overall, um, Sam Donald's performance against Dallas, the word I would use to describe would be franchise. I mean, you just saw it throughout the entire game. Uh, even the way he was able to bounce back from that interception, I think his most impressive um, drive, arguably of the whole season, was the drive right before halftime. He's coming back after hitting, excuse me, Robbie for you know 92 yard touchdown. He comes back that next drive, gets him down the field. Ryan Griffin punches it in right before half, and it's one of those things that you notice from great teams that we don't see when we watch Jets football on Sunday is scoring before the half or scoring you know immediately after half, but particularly getting that last point before going into halftime. Sam was able to do it. His poise was there, his footwork, his anticipation, his accuracy. Just overall a terrific game from Sam, franchise quarterback. That's that's how I describe uh, this game. And as far as a grade goes, I'll stick to my scale. Yeah, I give A-plus for this game for Darnold. I mean, absolutely flawless. And um, hopefully we see a lot more games like this in, in 2020. Yeah, I'll go with rejuvenating because this was a team that scored, you know, single digits on offense each of the four games, you know, with an unhealthy Darnold than the three games without him. Uh, they just could not do anything. They're historically awful. And then he comes back, and it's an entirely different team, uh, just based on his own presence alone. So he rejuvenated the entire team, and it's the second year in a row he's done that now. Uh, missed three games, then come back and just completely transform the whole team. And really, that is the main thing. You know, having done that in 2018, now doing it again in 2019, you know, in spite of all of his struggles. The fact that he's been able to do that twice in a row, that really shows me that, you know, once I clean everything up, he gets some more time to develop. Uh, they build up some things around him. This is a guy who lifts his team up and he's done it two years in a row. So this was a really rejuvenating game, uh, you know, for him personally, having, uh, you know, the way he started the season uh, and for the entire team, the way that they played without him. Yeah, well, if if the game against Dallas was rejuvenating, uh, clearly any rejuvenation felt was lost the following week against the New England Patriots. So the Jets sitting at one and four, um, you know, new hopes with the playoffs. Now they, you know, the quarterback's back. He's healthy. They go and beat a good Dallas team. They get, you know, the best team in the AFC East, the team that's dominated in the last two decades, dominated the entire NFL Monday night football. Let's see some magic. This had the potential to be one of those games. And I said it before, it could be Darnold's coming out party. Obviously he's already had some great games, but national television against, you know, the new England Patriots, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, this was it from, and the Jets just not, not play well. And I, I saw a lot of people putting a ton of blame on Sam for this game. And look, it was not a good game from him at all. But this is maybe the worst performance from an offensive line I have ever seen. And again, some of that blame falls on Sam um, through, you know, his movement in the pocket and the way he was playing. And, you know, we don't know exactly, you know, who has the responsibility for pointing out guys who are blitzing. And uh, look. There were a lot of things that went wrong in this game, but it all starts up front uh, with the Jets. Um, so let's just let's just dump into this uh, this New England Patriots game, this nightmare of a game that I actually ended up going to. Drove all the way down from Syracuse. Uh, let's just say it was a quiet four-hour car ride back. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna grade the the surrounding parts first, let's just do that. Uh, O-line grade F, easiest grade ever. I mean, they were absolutely terrible in this game. And their play is a large part of, of the behavior that we saw in Darnold's game this game. He played scared. He played erratic. You know, we talked about his innate feel for the game and his way to move within the pocket. That is great when you just, you know, you have to use it maybe once or twice or drive, whatever. You're, you're moving around and you can make some off-balance throws and people, you know, now you're on Twitter because you made an amazing throw. But when you have to throw off your back foot and you have to make all these 
crazy plays every single play and play hero ball, this is the result you're going to get. Sam was scared. He was timid. He was thrown off his back foot. He was trying to do too much for this team, but it starts up front with them. I mean, from the first interception, his first pass um, was, I mean, I think the pressure got in. I'm, I'm watching right now. Let's see it. Ready? I think it comes in with a, a second and a half, and he just has to throw off his back foot. They don't pick up you know, uh, between Winters and Shell, and Sam points him out. I will say, I'm watching it. Sam does point out 58. He's coming. And, of course, nobody blocks him. He comes right through and gets smacked and has to throw it off his back foot, and it's an interception. That just changed the entire complexion of the game. So it starts up front, O-line F. Yeah, Sam deserves a lot of blame for this game, which we will get into. But uh, it, it's yet another one of those games where, as as much as you want to blame him, the supporting cast around him was just so, so bad. Uh, the pressure rate in this game was 49%, which is absolutely terrible. Uh, they actually had two games with a higher rate than that. But uh, it's really beyond just that, you know, one number. It's the fact that these pressures weren't just, you know, like, you know, he's trying to drop back and throw a deep pass and the right tackle loses after three seconds to a great edge rusher. It, it's like you said, just immediate pressure right up the middle. Uh, there were so many breakdowns in this game. It was a complete mess. This was the the offensive line was very bad this season. They were probably only better than the Dolphins who were tanking. Uh, and traded away their best offensive lineman. Extremely bad unit, but this was probably their worst performance. Yeah, and if we're going to look at the weapons, and Michael and I were talking about this before the game started, and I forgot about this. So after Sam throws that interception, the Patriots go down, uh, and they, they I believe they kick a field goal. Yeah, they kick a field goal, so they're up 10 nothing. Three minutes to go in the first quarter. Obviously not the start you wanted. You've given 10 points to your opponents, and you threw an interception in deep in your own territory. But there was still time for the Jets to win this game. They run it up the middle with Le'Veon Bell. The offensive line was not playing well, and, and Bell he did about as much as he could in this game. But that his second or his first pass right after the interception, it was second and 10. He gets pressured immediately. He rolls out, and he finds in a terrific throw. It, his footwork wasn't amazing. He could have set his feet a little bit more. But he throws off his back foot, and he finds Demarius Thomas wide open for what would have been, I mean, what is that, 30 yards? I mean, it was a deep pass. Um, that yeah, about 20 the, yards. Yeah, 20 yards. Would have changed the entire complexion of the game. Um, but Demaris drops it. Yeah, yeah, that would have been, yeah, 25-ish yards right there. And they would have been right at midfield. Sam's confidence probably would have been back under him. He talks a lot about it. He, he He's a rhythmic passer. He kind of has to get that feel. He knew in that Dallas game because he hit um, Demarius on, the, on his first pass of the game for 17 yards. He was like, I knew it was going to be a good game. He needed that. He needed to come back for that interception, just get a rhythm going. Instead, they run it for no gain. Then they're throwing it deep, which I don't know if necessarily was the best idea, given that the struggles with your offensive line and you're trying to settle a young quarterback. But Darnold delivered and the weapons did not. And yeah, who knows? Like Michael, like you said before the show started, who knows how different the game would have been if the Jets you know, were set up shop first and 10 at the 50-yard line with a, a much more confident Darnold. Weapons, uh, D. I mean, and also the interception to Demarius Thomas, is, I believe it was Darnold's third or fourth interception, Complete miscommunication between the two of them. So overall, the, the weapons in this game were not as bad as the offensive line, but were pretty bad. So I'll go D. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell played good. He did. He really played well in most games <laughs> this season. But the pass catching in this game, uh, there were some miscommunications. And uh, I saw this really good point Brett Coleman po uh, pointed out on Twitter uh, that there was, uh, I forget if it was an interception or a sack, but one of the disastrous plays where Robbie Anderson, where Darnold signaled for, you know, to change up to uh, change up the play, have Robbie Anderson uh, run a quick slant instead of running a post so he can get the ball out quick uh, because he knew the pressure would be coming and Anderson didn't do it. There was nowhere to go with the ball and he got sacked. So a lot of stuff like that in this game uh, and the blatant drop by Thomas on a really good throw here 
by Darnold. A shell gives up pressure to the inside. Darnold scrambles outside. Uh, Winters guy, he comes you know, back outside. Winters doesn't get beat here, but because Darnold scrambles, uh, the pressure does end up in his face. Uh, and he throws a really good ball here on an uh, outbreaking route about 25 yards down the field. Uh, on the move to Thomas, should have been a catch, would have been, uh, well, it was a great play by Darnold, but uh, like you said, would have set them up with some momentum early in the game after such a disastrous start. And you never know what can happen at that point. Uh, and that's really how football works. These Every single play can, you know, really change the entire, uh, you know, momentum of the game. Uh, and a play like that, you got to catch those passes and you never know uh, how things can change from that point if you make them. So definitely a, I'd go I'd go with an F for the weapons. You know, maybe Bell brings them up a little bit, but it just didn't matter at that point uh, with the run game. So I'll go with an F for the weapons. Yeah, I, Bell had actually one of his better games of the year. If you if you just look at the situation that he was in, he had a he nice 19 yard run, um, but Sam fumbled the next play or whatnot. But yeah. I agree. I think the weapons were not great. As far as coaching goes, I think you're back down to an F for me. I think, and if you're, if you already have an F for the weapons, it's three Fs already, um, which isn't surprising for this game. But yeah, Adam Gase did not give him any help. You talk about not giving him help, not giving Sam help in, in week one against Buffalo, especially in this game, because, you know, in Buffalo, when, when Sam was, was making mistakes, they weren't mistakes that were costly. It was, oh, he missed a guy on third down or at the punt. I mean, he was making some big mistakes here. He was turning the ball over, fumbling in the pocket, whatever. Adam did not turn to the run, and when he did turn to the run, he very up the middle, and it was two yard, you know, two yard gain or whatever. There are a few opportunities for for um, for Adam to to go with a quick passing game like he used against Buffalo, or or you know, throw a wide receiver screen, or get Levy on outside, give it a pit, just get Sam in a rhythm. He never did that, and you know that is the responsibility, especially if you're going to be a quarterback guru and be the head coach for this 22 year old quarterback. You knew that he was probably going to have a game like this where he was really struggling, and it's your job to settle him, bring him back to the sideline, calm him down, and and then when you're calling plays, just give him an opportunity. You know, I, I think they cut to, you know, everybody talks about the seeing ghosts mic'd up, and I didn't hear this. I think you would probably be better to talk about it, but I went back and watched the interaction that he had with Sam during the game. It was just, it was weird. Yeah, it, it, was. Did, it didn't instill a lot of confidence. Um, yeah, he just didn't help him out. And yeah, look, Le'Veon has a 20-yard gain on this play right tackle. An outside run. The Jets should have exploited that more. It's like, okay, clearly nothing is working here. They're blitzing us a lot at the middle. Let's start to run the ball outside. Just take him out of the box a little bit, and then let's see if we can open up this passing game. He comes right back and gives you know Sam three deep options. Sam fumbles. The offensive line breaks down, and the game is now 24-0. He just, yeah, Adam Gase did not help his, his players out enough. Um, and, and unfortunately, um, you know, the, the Jets just could never recover. And, and this is the type of game that, that could have scarred Sam Darnold for the rest of his career. Maybe will, but... You know, given what we saw throughout the rest of the season, uh, Sam is, is we're lucky that Sam has a shorter memory because this game was about as scarring as it can get for a young quarterback. Yeah, definitely F for coaching. Uh, when, when you see the amount of uh, just miscommunication mistakes that they made in this game, the unblocked pressures coming up the middle from the outside, really every way uh, the pressure can possibly come from, it was coming from. And really, as much as the protection, just the routes downfield, this one interception to uh to Demarius Thomas, uh, Darnold thinks he's going to run a seam into the end zone. Thomas breaks in the first interception to Crowder. Uh, Darnold, kind of similar to the Cowboys game, Darnold thinks Crowder is going to break a lot quicker. He doesn't, so it goes right into the hands of a defender. No one was on the same page in this game, and that always goes back to coaching. And 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 you know sometimes you know players can just make mental errors here or there, and you know it's hard for us to gauge that. But you know it happens sometimes. People make mistakes and they mess things up. But when you have a whole game like this where no one is on the same page, that 
that's just a mess on the coaching staff. Yeah, and, and I think he, yeah, he just, you're right. The miscommunication is what comes down to Gase and his inability to open up the playbook, try something new, settle Sam, you know, lean into Le'Veon, who had 70 yards on the, on the, on the day, um, is what truly faulted the Jets in this one. And as far as an opponent grade, I give the Patriots an A. I mean, they came to play. Not only did their defense just consistently get pressure off the middle and force turnovers and really frustrate uh, Sam, their offense, you know, especially in that first half, uh, kept putting points on the board. And that just puts a lot more pressure on the offense. That puts a lot more pressure on Adam Gase because now in his mind, it's not 0-0. He's playing from behind. He's trying to call more plays to get him to, to score or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, the Patriots came to play. A, A for the Patriots. Yeah, definitely A+. And really their whole first half of that season, especially on defense, they were unstoppable. And uh, this was as dominant as they looked all season. And, you know, whenever, like we just talked about, the Jets coaching staff, from our perspective, it's an awful job by them. But you also have to give credit to the other side, just completely dismantling and embarrassing the Jets on both sides of the ball. So definitely an A-plus performance by the Patriots. This was the point of the season where it seemed like they were unstoppable. Yeah, agreed. Uh, at this point, I thought the Patriots were going to win another Super Bowl just based off that defense. If we're going to grade Darnold, his footwork, uh, F in this game. He went from his best performance on his footwork to his worst. Uh, and I, it's really you know symbolic of the offensive line. From that first play, breaks down, he has to rely on his athleticism. And now he's throwing a lot more with his feet to parallel to the line of scrimmage, a lot more off his back foot. I mean, yeah, he got smacked and, and it affected his footwork. It affected the way he moved in the pocket. So I give, I give Sam an F for this one. Yeah, really, when Sam is making his big mistakes and he's struggling under pressure, it's just it seems like he's a little reluctant to take those hits to just, you know, accept that you're going to take that shot into the chest, step into the throw and deliver it down the field. And there's this one, the fourth interception of the game. I think this one's to. Yeah, it's to Demarius Thomas. Uh, He's he's tightly covered, but he does have about, you know, a little bit of separation over the top. If Darnold, you know, lets him go up and get it in the back of the end zone. But Uh, The pressure comes up the middle. Uh, Let me see who gives this up. It comes right up the middle. It's, uh, yeah, on the right side, it's actually Shell again who had a really bad game. Uh, Everyone did, but Shell had some of them, probably the most individual losses in this game. So Shell gets beat. Pressure comes up the middle uh, as he loops inside against Shell. It's actually Chase Winovich, a guy who had a really good season for the Patriots, but he loops inside. Darnold's under pressure, and instead of stepping into it, he just drifts back and really throws off of, uh, his back foot and it's way underthrown gets picked off. So footwork under pressure is a big thing uh, for Sam Darnold. We know when he can escape the pressure. He's good at escaping the pressure. He's shifty in the pocket. Uh, when he gets outside, he can make some things happen. But when you squeeze him inside, make him throw from in there, that's when he really makes some of these mistakes. Cause it seems like he's just a little, uh, his footwork gets really, he gets happy feet in the pocket when the pressure comes and he's not willing uh, to really step up and just throw under pressure. So uh, that happened a lot in this game, so definitely an F for his footwork. Yeah, as you talk about that, I was watching one of his few good plays in this game. It came third and 15. Uh, I believe it's right before half. Um, yeah, I believe it's right before half or whatnot. The Jets are down by a lot, um, and he rolls out. So immediately he has pressure in his face, and so he's forced to drift right. Um, but instead of you know doing what we were talking about, of, of throwing off his back foot, of trying, he sets his feet and he does fire. He takes a shot on this play. But he delivers a dime to Demarius Thomas to get 17 yards. So I think you're right. I think that's one of those things that he's going to work on in the offseason is not just the footwork, but specifically that footwork when it breaks down. And, and yes, it's great to have that innate feel where you can move around and make you know terrific plays running around like you're Pat Mahomes. 
that's all well and good, but one, that's a higher, that a higher chance that leads to injuries. And two, sometimes you do have to stand in that pocket and take a hit and, th- you know, and deliver it. I mean, otherwise you're going to see what you got against Buffalo and that, that uh, Robbie Anderson deep ball that he missed. If he sets his feet there, that's, that's a dime, but instead he's drifting and throwing off his back foot. It happened in this game a ton, specifically on those interceptions where he didn't just take the hit. He didn't, you know, stay in the pocket. And that's one of those things where you look for in a young quarterback. That's why an offensive line for a young quarterback is so huge. It's because, you know, a bad one can lead a quarterback like this to develop bad habits where they're immediately escaping the pocket. And that's what you're hoping we don't see from Sam. It's okay for him to get out of the pocket. That's where he feels comfortable. But, you know, there are times where you're going to have to stay in that pocket and take a shot. It's also on Gase to move that pocket for him and get him out, you know, naturally so a play is designed for it and rather than Sam always having to do it himself. Um, but, yeah, overall, if we're going to go with his arm grade for this one, uh, D, I guess. I mean, I think the majority of his issues in this game came from his lower body, not necessarily uh, his arm talent or anything. He, he had some good throws in this game, but he really didn't have an opportunity to do much. So I, I go, I'll go D just from the you know the fact that you can't really give a guy who who finished 11 of 32 with 86 yards and four interceptions and a fumble anything much higher than that. So I'll, I'll go D for for Sam Darnold's arm. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, you can't go too high, but I think this was less of an issue than the other facets of his game because he did make a handful of good throws. And that one you brought up to Thomas was a great example. It's actually Terrence Brooks, former Jet, who comes through the uh, through the B gap on the left side uh, between uh, who's the left tackle in this game. It was Edoga, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Edoga. Yeah, so he comes right between Edoga and Alex Lewis. Uh, but he stands in there and does you know exactly what I said he didn't do in that last play. He does... On this play, he hangs tight, takes the hit, and throws a not perfect, but a, a catchable ball to Demarius Thomas, which he does catch. Yeah, and it's one of those. And, and it's one of those. If he if he does run like what I expected him to do, if he keeps running, he's probably getting sacked or he's throwing off his back foot, and it's an incompletion. You know what I mean? The fact that he does just absorb right. the hit leads to a twenty yard first down. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be able because, like you said, if he scrambles, a safety is going to run. A, an unboxed safety is going to run him down and sack him and that window was not very big to thomas that was a tight window throw so you know the window was going to close that throw wasn't going to be there you have to be able to make those throws and he did there and you know he had the throw earlier to thomas which was pretty good and a lot of these interceptions were less about you know ball placement or accuracy well they were inaccurate but just more about uh, being able to handle the pressure and set himself well enough to make these throws so it still wasn't good. He's very inaccurate in this game, but there were a couple of decent moments in this game. So a D for his arm, that definitely is good. Uh, good grade for that facet. Yeah. As far as his head goes, his poise, his decision-making. Yeah. I think you got to go F maybe a D minus if you're being generous, because I mean, if you, if you factor in the situation, it's a little better, but just looking at it, he made plenty of bad decisions, bad decisions that turn into turnovers. And yeah, he, he was shaken. I mean, this is a kid who who is known for having a short memory, who bounced back from a pick six on his you know, first ever pass on national television. In this game, he didn't really have that same bounce back, you know, caliber uh, mentality. Look, I will say his first pass was an interception. His second pass was an absolute dime that would have gone for 25 yards, but it was dropped. And I think, as we said, that changed the complexion of this game. So I think you have to give him an F or a D minus. Just bad decision making. Didn't really necessarily show that poise and really looked like a 22 year old playing quarterback. He didn't look like that franchise veteran that we saw the week prior. So I think you have to go with an F. Yeah, I'll go with an F as well. And I think you can give him. There were some situations where, you know, he was anticipating the pressure, knowing it would come 
and getting the ball out quick, but just the way he was getting the ball out just kind of, and you know, it does kind of boil down to miscommunication, but sometimes he was getting the ball out quickly, but just not uh, efficiently enough. You got to be able to put that ball on the sideline uh, and just put a lot of air under it. So, you know, either your guy's getting it or no one is getting it way too many balls, just floating over the middle of the field. And you can't do that because you get results like you did in this game. So an F for his decision-making. As far as a word to describe this game, I would go scared. You know, week one, he was timid and didn't take chances. This one, he was scared and played frantically. You know, instead of just going with a check down every play or whatever, uh, he was, you know, running all over the place and throwing interceptions and just, just overall sloppy, sloppy football, not just from him, particularly, you know, the offensive line and, and the whole team, but it was sloppy, frantic, scared. Um, scared would be my word. And as far as a grade for him, it has to be an F. I mean, it's just a bad performance all around the board. About as bad of a performance as you can have. You can make the excuses of the offensive line and some of the drops and whatever and miscommunications, but you have to go with what you see, and it's an F for me. Yeah, on my scale, I gave him uh, a 5 out of 100, so by far his worst game. About as bad as it can get. Uh, after doing some other quarterbacking games, it's close to as bad uh, about a game as you can see, and you know his stats do back it up. In this game, a lot of times the box score is misleading, but in this one, he has a, I think he had a 2.8 pass rating in this game, which is incredibly terrible. So, uh, yeah, definitely an F. And really the big thing is that, you know, like we talked about in the Buffalo game, even though he played poorly, left a lot of points on the field, he didn't make those, you know, mistakes in the, uh, like he did in this New England game uh, with the interceptions and things like that. So uh, it's, it's just being able to, even when things aren't clicking, just, you know, like like I said earlier, just, you know, if you're throwing along the sideline, throw it hard, throw it high. So if no one uh, if your guy doesn't get it, then no one's getting it. And he did not do that well at all in this game too much over the middle. He had the fumble as well. Uh, and also just under pressure, some balls where, you know, throws he definitely should be hitting easily uh, that he wasn't. So definitely an F performance about not only his the worst game of his career, but it's about as bad of a quarterbacking performance as we've seen. But this is really negative, but after this, he does kind of uh, definitely step away from this game and really show that, like you said, short memory, not letting it stick. He really bounced back. Uh, not quite the next two games after this, but he does overall have a pretty nice finish to the season after this. Yeah, I mean, as we said, this was a game that could either make or break a quarterback. And luckily for for Jets fans, we did see Sam Donald rebound from this game. We're going to talk about the Jacksonville game, and then we'll close the episode, and then we'll have uh, parts two and three coming. Uh, later, um, but uh, yeah, he he rebounded. I mean, this was a game that could have completely tanked the season, completely tanked his potential, and we'd be having a lot different of a, a much different conversation. But he was able to bounce back. You know, scored a TG, TD on that opening drive against Jacksonville, and and let's well, let's just talk about Jacksonville actually right now. As far as how I would describe the game against the Jaguars. I mean, it was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag because you saw some of the best in Darnold and some of the worst. I will say that the offensive line was equally as, I mean, not equally, but was terrible in this game as well. If you're going to grade the offensive line, I think you also have to give it an F in this game. But Darnold was able to deal with it better. They did, you know, they didn't allow as many pressures, but the ones that they did, Darnold did set his feet a little bit more, did take some shots while he had three interceptions. We'll break those down. Um, it was a mixed bag. We saw we saw a lot more of the potential that we want to see from Darnold and some of the bad. Um, but Michael, just your overall general thoughts on on Sam versus uh, Jacksonville? Yeah, this was a really just kind of you know meh kind of game. Just you know there wasn't he did have the three interceptions, but 
the thing with this game is that other than those three picks, he didn't have he really didn't have any huge mistakes other than those three picks. But he also didn't have uh, really too many huge plays in this game. He's just kind of checking the ball down, moving around, moving it up the field throughout the game. But really with the negative plays and this was really the biggest drastic difference between the Cowboys and the Patriots games against the Cowboys. So again, my grading scale that I was giving is from zero to 10. So a three or worse is a pretty bad play against the Cowboys. I gave him no zero plays graded three or worse. The only game of his career, which I've given him uh, no plays of that grading. And then against the Patriots, I gave him 11, which is the most of his career. (laughs) Uh, So then he comes back against the Jaguars and, you know, outside of those three picks, I only gave him one of those three or worse plays, which, you know, considering that he threw the ball a lot in this game uh, because they were trailing, it wasn't, he did not make too many big mistakes other than those picks. Uh, and they were a couple of pretty, you know, good plays by the defense on, uh, especially the first pick and the fourth, uh, the third one he threw in this game. Uh, was pretty much in garbage time, but just really a, a deep, he's pretty consistent in this game other than the picks, but uh, just, he didn't do too much uh, splashy in this game to kind of lift them up in the end. Yeah, I guess you didn't see as much splash, but I think we did see the rhythm that we that we wanted to see from Sam. We saw a lot more of it than we did against uh, New England, specifically that drive uh, right around the uh, the end of the third. They ended up in a touchdown. He really just established a rhythm. You know, hits Crowder for 16 yards, uh, hits Demarius for nine yards, hits Demarius again for eight yards, six yards, 13 yards. I mean, like, he was able to move the ball down the field. So what you're right, he didn't have as many you know, rolling left, throws an absolute dime across his body, plays he did, you know, display in this game more of what we saw in that Dallas game that he was able to move the ball down the field, you know, command the offense. And and that is the positive from this game for, for Sam. If we're going to grade his weapons uh, in this game, uh, you know, again, kind of a meh performance, uh, as you said, but particularly from the weapons, they didn't do as much just because Ryan Griffin really had a coming out party in this game. Um, you know, I'll give him, I'll give him a C. Yeah, C is good. Griffin had uh, a really good game, especially, you know, they really had two good drives in this game. The opening drive was really good. And then that one you mentioned later on and um, didn't, didn't Griffin had, a, he did have two touchdowns in this game on both those drives, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they had those two good drives that were driven by Ryan Griffin. Uh, so other than that though, they didn't do too much, but you know, I, I think a C is good for the weapons because other than that, uh, there wasn't a whole lot, but he did play really well, especially on those two drives. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I'm going back and just watching some of the sacks as well. These sacks are just offensive line breakdowns, and and there's not much Sam or the weapons can do about it because, I mean, he's getting sacked before guys are even making their breaks and they're open. Um, so yeah, again, just another putrid performance on the offensive line. The weapons could have done more, but weren't necessarily the reason they lost this game. Um, as far as coaching goes, uh, D plus C minus, you know, I think Gase, I think actually, I think you give him a C because the only reason I give him a C is that opening drive, um, just the scripting on it, you know, anytime they get seven points, I can't give them, I can't get, get on them too much, especially to open up the game. Generally an opening drive touchdown like that, you know, I don't have the exact numbers behind it, but I would imagine the team that scores first has a higher chance of winning than the team that doesn't. And this is something that the Jets have struggled with for so long is just scoring on that opening drive. And they came out and did it five games in a row, starting with this one, or is it four games in a row? But um, yeah, I'll give, I'll give Gase a C minus. How about that? I think that the, the scripting in the drive to start the game and then that scripting towards the end of the third, that, that drive that he called was good. Outside of that, he could have done more to help out Sam could have, you know, 
use Le'Veon in this game more than he did. He was very stubborn on just running Le'Veon up the middle. And I'm sure his defense of that would be, well, we don't have the offensive line to do anything else. You know, he thought that plays are going to get blown up more um, if he runs outside and then you're facing second and 15s or whatever. But I would say, look, Le'Veon is such a talented player and the way you're using him, you're just wasting a year of his career here. Our offensive line is trash. So him running up the middle for two yards isn't really going to do much for us. He needed to get him outside more, throw some screens to him, you know, flex him out wide. I think that was Gase's biggest mistake in this game was not utilizing Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I agree. First and, of many. <laughs> and that's and that's kind of, right. There's that's kind of a theme with any time you criticize Gase. It's like they have this all world player. He came into the season as the all time leader in scrimmage yards per game. There's so many different ways you could use him, And they just kind of used him like uh, a regular running back behind this awful offensive line that doesn't create any holes, literally the least holes in the league. Bell's last among all qualified running backs and yards before contact per attempt. So uh, it's hard to get any success out of anybody when you have an offensive line that bad. So, uh, you know, later on, they did get a little more creative, but then it stalled a little bit down the stretch of the season over those last couple games. But this was another game where it just wasn't a whole lot of creativity uh, on the plus side. They did, you know, stay pretty consistent, kind of moving the ball with short gains, but uh, not a lot of creativity or adjustments uh, after that opening drive of the game. So I think as, I, I'll go with the D-plus for Gase in this game. Yeah, and as far as an opponent grade, uh, Jaguars did a great job in this game, arguably their best game of the season. Um, they really got after Sam. I mean, immediately, there were just a ton of breakdowns. You know, again, big surprise. Um, but yeah, their secondary held up. They, they you know, attacked the ball. Gardner Minshew did a good job of scoring and, and keeping him in this game despite going down early. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to give the Jaguars an A-minus in this game. Yeah, and this was a game where there was a lot of pressure, similar to the last game, uh, 47% pressure rate, so still really, really bad. Uh, but it was a lot different kind of pressure than uh, the New England game. wasn't as many unblocked pressures, but as much as it was uh, the Jaguars and their really good front seven just dominating this offensive line. I've seen Shell give up a sack, or, or uh, Idoga gave up a sack, uh, to Ngakwe. Shell gave up a sack to Josh Allen, Winters to Calais Campbell. Uh, a lot of guys just losing one-on-one uh, in this game. So it was a performance where, you know, wasn't so much the communication as much it was uh, just a talent deficiency. These guys are not very good at blocking, and that's really just uh, really the story of the season. So the Jaguars thoroughly outplayed uh, an offensive line that they should dominate. Yeah, and, you know, just overlooking... Um or just looking at Sam's performance this game, I think it's a better game than Buffalo in the sense that, and, you know, maybe your numbers don't line up with that because, you know, the game against Buffalo, you had no, you had no turnovers and a touchdown and two-point conversion or whatever. But in this game, we saw what we didn't see in that Buffalo game is we saw those 17-yard completions or the 25-yard completions or, you know, the 13. He was able to establish a, a rhythm spe- specifically in the intermediate game, which is just so crucial to his game. And that wasn't something that we saw um, – against Buffalo. So that's the positive from the game for Sam. The negative is that we saw a lot more of those turnovers. And again, I, there's a correlation between the offensive line uh, sucking. Now then Sam is playing much more frantically that leads to poor footwork and it leads to sacks and it leads to, you know, bad throws or whatever. So it starts up front with the jets. Joe Douglas knows this. That's why they're going to extremely just attack this offensive line all off season because you know, I'm going through his best plays are coming when he has this this clean pocket. He's able to move. And not that Sam can't play when there's any pressure. He's not 
you know, to be a quarterback in this league, you have to throw with a guy in your face. He can do it, but in games like this or the one against New England, when he's having when he's having to do it every single play, yeah, he's gonna have three interceptions. Yeah, he's gonna get sacked eight times. Yeah, he's gonna get strip sacked. It is, you know, especially when guys are flying in, like you said, it's not like he's getting sacked, you know, five times, and it's because. Uh, you know, they're running yards, uh, routes that aren't going to break for 15 yards downfield, and he gets sacked, you know, three, four seconds. He's getting sacked literally within a second of the snap, the ball being snapped. I mean, guys are just flying through, you know, Chuma, Doga, or Brandon Shell's getting cooked around the edges. It's just overall, uh, you know, it's hard to judge this, this game. As you said, it's a mixed bag for me, though, because I did see some of those positives, like that we saw against the Cowboys, that rhythmic franchise quarterback. But then we also just saw a lot of the negatives. But those negatives, I feel like, were birthed from things that weren't necessarily in his control as much. I'm not trying to make too many excuses for him. But but how do you feel about this game? Yeah, this was definitely better than the Buffalo game. And my grade lines up with it. I gave him a pretty close to average uh, in this game. I gave him a 48 because he was really consistent. Uh, didn't have the high points. Uh, but also the mistakes, even though he had the picks. Other than those three interceptions, he didn't have any drastic mistakes other than that because the protection was so bad. And this was a game where Idoga was really, really bad. I mean, Ngakwe is just destroying him off the edge. Hopefully they're teammates this year. But uh, going forward, I think that the offensive line, uh, it's definitely the most important thing. And like you said, hopefully that, uh, and it seems like he will based on what we're hearing, but hopefully Joe Douglas does attack the offensive line really, really aggressively, every single position, all five spots, because it's just a major issue, and with Sam Darnold in particular, he's uh, really all the evidence points to him being a guy who more and good protection helps any quarterback. A good run game helps any quarterback, but his the difference between you know his numbers passing under pressure versus his numbers when kept clean. You know the way he's played in games with low pressure versus games with a lot of pressure. His record in those games. It's a more drastic difference than most quarterbacks have. So, uh, again, most every single quarterback is better and they're kept clean. Every single quarterback is better in games where they get sacked no times versus five times. But for Darnold, the differences in all of his numbers uh, in these situations are larger than they are for most other quarterbacks. So uh, and you look at his adjusted completion percentage, which is his uh, his accuracy adjusted for drops, throwaways, things like that. Uh, he's near the top of the league when he's kept clean. I believe he's eighth overall uh, when he's kept clean and adjusted completion percentage. And I think he's 21st uh, when he's pressured. So that's just a bigger drop off than most quarterbacks see. Uh, so for him in particular, he's shown you that if you keep him clean, uh, if things around him are going well, he's going to play really, really well. And again, every quarterback plays better. But for him in particular, you see what he did uh, in that Oakland game, just that stretch there. Uh, when they got on that winning streak, then you go back to last season in the games against the Colts, against the Broncos, against the Lions. Uh, when they've helped him out, he's done really, really well. Seen a bigger jump than most other quarterbacks do. So I think he's proven that if they fix this offensive line and, you know, have, you know, 12 to 16, you know, hopefully 16, but, you know, at least, you know, three quarters of the season protect him well. Uh, he's going to play really well in all pretty much all of those games, more so than uh, what we've been seeing, where they only help him out in you know four or five games a season. So he's shown you that he's a, the type of guy who, if you help him out, he's going to take full advantage of it right. uh, better than most other quarterbacks will. That's a re- that's a really good point. You know, the, the question has to be asked: If Sam has the offensive line that Sanchez does in t- 2009, which was the Brickashaw Ferguson, Alan Fanica, Nick Mangold, Brandon Moore, and Damian Woody, I mean, wow. Uh, if he has that, 
How many bad games does Sam have? Does he have that game against New England? No. Does he have this game against Jacksonville where he throws three interceptions? No. How much different does his stat line look? And you're right. Every quarterback is benefits from a picture-perfect situation. We're not even saying that. It's just the Jets were just so deficient in coaching and offensive line play and you know the weapons that he surrounded, specifically outside. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is a very talented player. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think that is the most exciting thing. It's because, look, this is a 22-year-old put in one of the worst situations in all football. And while he's not a superstar, he's at least played the quarterback position at a, at a good level. I would say he's, he's a He's a solid, good quarterback. You can win with the Sam Darnold that's playing right now. But if you build up that offensive line, you get him, a, you know, another receiver or two. You know, hopefully Adam Gase is <laughs> either changes his whole playbook or they get him, you know, a better offensive-minded coach. I mean, this guy will take off, and and he might take off in in the face of all that. He may take off next season, even if everything isn't fixed. But you're right. If if they can build around him, you don't really have to worry about him not being the guy. The question to me really isn't, is Sam, can Sam Darnold be a great quarterback in this league? I know the answer to that is yes. The question is, will he? Because will the Jets build around him? Will the Jets put him in a situation where he can have yeah, a clean pocket and grow within that? You know, he's growing in this situation. He grew a lot from this year playing, you know, in, like this. But imagine how much more he would grow next year if he's able to get five to six right. seconds on some passes. I mean, imagine how much better his game is going to get, the, the way he's able to read defenses, so that when he is faced like situations like this, he's able to respond to it better. This is all he knows at this point. His entire yeah, career, and, and I, I think going, it, it's kind of a blessing in disguise in a way, because if you do build it up well, he, and he only has to face games like, you know, facing all this pressure only three to four times a year, he's going to be ready for it more than uh, a 23-year-old guy should be. He's this year, only this year, going to be as old as Baker Mayfield was in his rookie season. Uh, so, and this older tweet than, that older I put than out Joe Burrow. is, yeah, and yeah, younger than Joe Burrow too. Uh, yeah. But this tweet that I put out is the best way to sum up kind of what I'm talking about. So, uh, in his career, Sam Darnold has played uh, 26 games now. Uh, in games where he's been taking pressure on less than 34 percent of his dropbacks, he's gone. The Jets have gone seven and one, scored 29 points a game. He's thrown for 16 touchdowns, six picks, 8.9 yards per attempt, which would lead the league most years, and a 108.3 passer rating. In games where he's taken a pressure percentage higher than 34%, Jets have gone 4-14, four 14.8 14 points per game, 6.2 yards per attempt, which is really bad, 20 touchdowns, 22 picks, and a 71 rating. So again, like I've been saying, every quarterback is going to be better if you help them out, but that's a huge drop-off. That is more than the difference is. For most quarterbacks, if they build it, he's going to be good. The question, you know, for me, the big questions are, are they going to build it? Because if they don't, they're probably just going to keep getting these, you know, he's good, but he's not carrying the whole team kind of results. But if they do build it, he's going to be good. The question is just, you know, is he going to be an MVP candidate or is he just going to be, you know, a solid Matthew Stafford kind of level franchise quarterback who's very good and puts you in the picture and you can, you know, win with him. But just, you know, you have to be, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but, you know. I think basically you look at the numbers, you look at his film, it's clear that if you build this offensive line, he is going to be a, a guy you can win with, a guy who's not going to hold you back in games where the rest of the team is playing well. Yeah, I think if he if he's faced with situations like this, eventually I think you'll have that Matthew Stafford top 15 quarterback in the league. If they can successfully build around him given a great environment here, I think people are mentioning his names a lot, right alongside Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I, I fully believe that Sam hasn't shown me really anything here that says he can't, that he doesn't have the talent to do it. 
He has some stuff he needs to clean up, and the Jets need to fix a lot of stuff. But he's such an exciting prospect, even in those bad games, even against that game against New England. There are two or three throws in that game that were, I mean, the rest of the game is future, but there are two or three throws in that game where like, damn, I mean, how many guys in the Jets uniform have you seen that? How many guys across the league can do that? You go every game he has one of those, except maybe the Buffalo game. But every game he has moments like that where you're like, wow. Specifically that Cowboys game. That Cowboys game was just a highlight reel to me. I mean, you watch – if you're just to watch every play like I just did, it's essentially a Sam Darnold highlight reel. And I think he can be that type of quarterback, that type of guy who is who is the leader of your team, can put the team on his back, is a franchise quarterback, you know, can establish a rhythm, throw for 40 touchdowns in a season and only 12 interceptions. I think he can be that. It's just a matter of – you know, will the Jets put him in the best situation to do that? I'm not saying he will be that, but I, I think I believe in Sam Darnold. You know, if I'm a betting man, I, I put money on, on Sam Darnold being a, a good quarterback in this league. Um, just to wrap up this game, then we'll, we'll close the episode. I guess the word I would use for this would be mixed bag. I guess what I would actually, you know what? I kind of agree with your your meh statement. Not necessarily his performance, just that this game his this game could have been a lot better from him. This could have been you know a Cowboys game 2.0. I felt like if the offensive line held up better, I feel like a lot of his mistakes were just burst from from poor O line play in this game. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go meh. It could have been a, an elite game from Sam. Instead, it was kind of just an average game. We saw some flashes of a franchise quarterback, but. You know, uh, there are a lot of stuff that, that needs to be cleaned up in this game. Michael, your, your thoughts on this and your grade? Yeah, I'll go with another M word. I'll go with mediocre. It was just uh, nothing not to. And really, his actually his best play in this game got called back. He had a really nice go route to Robbie Anderson on the left side, just over his shoulder. Perfect ball. But it was offensive pass interference uh, on Robbie. So it was called back. So you had that moment. That was really good. A lot of good connections with Ryan Griffin. But. Ultimately, this game really kind of showed the importance of tackle in particular on both sides uh, because you could not get anything going down the field with how often Josh Allen and, and Gakwe and even up the middle as well. Uh, Clays Campbell in this game was really dominant as he usually is. But uh, this was a game where it wasn't as much miscommunication as it was. Uh, you know, I'm trying to stand in the pocket and drop back. I can't trust these guys around me uh, to give me enough time to do anything long developing. And I think that's why you got. Uh, the game that you did with a lot of checkdowns, a lot of moving the chains. Uh, so it's definitely just a but, mediocre. But not, game. but I will say, but not bad check. Like in Buffalo. Right, right. they weren't bad checkdowns. They, they were good checkdowns because, you know, in the situations, that was the best they could get out of the play. And that's what makes this game, you know, I graded it a 48. So pretty much an average game because most of the time he was doing, you know, making the most out of the play. And that wasn't much, but that's not his fault. That's, you know, the receivers not separating the offensive line, mostly the offensive line not being good, but all he can do is get the most out of the play. And for the most part, he was doing that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, going back and looking, yeah, he had a lot of those checkdowns, but those checkdowns, some of the best drives that they had, they had checkdowns that were, you know, 12 yards. Then he would throw over the middle and get seven yards. Then he'd throw over. The, that's a very important trait in a quarterback to uh, be able to establish that rhythm. And that was something I saw in this game from him. They just needed to be more of it and less of those mistakes. So, you know, I'm trying to find a good word for that. I guess I'll stick with May. I agree with you. Just kind of, it was okay. It could have been better. And I saw enough flashes to not sour on him too much, um, you know, moving forward. And as far as a grade goes, I go C plus B minus around there for him. Even though he threw a three interceptions, I, I still feel like he, he rebounded from the New England game because things could have been a lot different if he, if he came back out again and looked completely shell-shocked. 
and that was one of the things with Sanchez when you watched him as a young quarterback. There weren't moments like this where you can watch Darnold and you can see him make incredible throw. After, even in his bad games, he'll have two or three amazing plays. Guys like Sanchez or the other, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. Even you watch them, and it's it's just. I shouldn't throw slander Trubisky before all the Bears fans get in my mentions, but you, you watch him and it's like just mediocre after mediocre. Sam's version of a mediocre game doesn't necessarily, you know, doesn't line up with Mark Sanchez's definition of a mediocre game. Let's put it that way. Sam still had some money throws in this game, you know, and, and kept him in it despite another putrid performance in the offensive line. So Sam at this point, you know, just after looking at four games, obviously we know what happens the rest of the season, but looking at four games, the hope is still there. And when, you know, when you zoom out and take into the account the context of the whole season, there's still a lot of hope uh, for me that Sam Darnold will break out this year and become a franchise quarterback. But that'll wrap up uh, part one of a three-part series breaking down Sam Darnold. Uh, next week, we're going to have I believe, actually, I think next week we're going to have five games and then we'll close with four games and then kind of just our closing thoughts. Um, so next week we'll have his next five games, um, which off the top of my head are Miami. Uh, yeah, Miami, Giants, Redskins, yeah. Raiders, Bengals. Yes. And so I think that's a good stretch because you get a lot of, of positive from Darnold in this, but then some negative things that he can work on. We're, we're through the worst part of his of his season through a lot of those turnovers. I mean, we seven turnovers in the last two games that we've looked at these next five, obviously, and, and even the way he closes, even in some of his down moments, he's not reaching that level of frantic, you know, throwing three interceptions in a game. Um, so much more excited to look at uh, some of these games here. But uh, anyways, you can follow us at CYJPod on Twitter. You can follow Michael at Michael underscore Nanny. You can follow myself at Ben W. Blessington on Twitter. You can find this podcast on turnofthejets.com, which is the best place to go for Jets content. And you can find our podcast wherever you listen to a podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. We're there. Excited to continue this series. Um, looking forward to, to part two. Just be on the lookout for it sometime later this week. Uh, again, uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Hit us with a follow. Everybody have a great week. Let's hope this offseason just keeps on flying by and we can be ready uh, for the NFL draft. Only a few uh, only a few more months, Michael. Uh, so we're, we'll be ready here uh, with some draft content, some free agency content, just taking us right into 2020. But stay safe. Have a good one. We'll be back. Jamison Crowder, it's intercepted by Mosley. He's going to score, Jim!